0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. May we be open to tolerance enough to understand that their fears may look different than our fears. may we focus our attention on you. May we point in the direction of you in our lives. May, Lord, we be directed in what path you have set in front of us. Lord, we know that you have put us in community because we don't do well isolated. And I pray this morning for those who are feeling isolated. That we came back and they don't feel comfortable. I pray, Lord, that we would bridge that gap, that we would extend a hand, an olive branch of peace. And Lord, we look forward to that day. and things are back to whatever normal looks like. We know that you're in control, that you have your hand upon each and every one of us, that you have your hand upon this church, that some virus won't deter your message. It won't deter your plan or your goals. And Lord, we count upon you this morning take the reins of our lives and to guide us. Lord, we know our faith is weak and boy, have we seen it in the last two months. We know we can't do it on our own. We know we need a Savior and a Spirit to guide our lives. Each and every one of us have had doubts, have struggled with what to do, the right and the wrong of it, have tried to sort it out, and guess what? We all ended in the same place, frustrated and hurt and misunderstood. And so, God, we call upon you today, and we call upon your power to direct our paths. In your name we pray, amen. Scripture this morning is from uh, Ephesians chapter four, four twenty. Uh, we're gonna go four twenty four through uh, thirty two. I think is what it is. If I can see it, there it is. Or twenty. Well, let me see. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my bad. Uh, four twenty four to thirty two. Ephesians. It says, "Put on your new self." Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all that bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as Christ, God forgave us. May God add his blessing to the reading of the words. we continue to sing. This morning as we sing prayer, if we, as we... Good morning. good morning. Those of you without mass, I can see if you're sticking your tongue out at me. I have had this bad feeling for the last 10 weeks that people have been making faces at me on YouTube. No more of that. I can see you now. It is good to be back. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord uh, and to find some kind of normal in a very difficult time. I'm not, I speak for this church and for God's people um, and I understand your plight. It's been hard. And yet, we too will overcome this uh, as we have overcome all those other things that God um, has brought us through. So we're on our third week of Ephesians chapter 4, and I told you that these are kind of the idea. Chapter 4 of Ephesians, and actually the book of Ephesians, some scholars believe that the book of Ephesians actually had on the top of it, or could very very well have had a letter to the church of, and then a blank line, and they could fill it in. So they would have a chance. They would use it for all the churches, and maybe that uh, there are some scholars who believe that maybe just the one we found had Ephesians in there and the rest of them, um, but it has been found in other places and a lot of the same ideals. Uh, Paul was writing this letter to the church to help them sort out um, the way they were dealing with people in life, the way they were acting. And you may remember that week number one, we talked about in in the first... 13 verses, we talked about unifying the church together. And last week, we talked about modifying some behaviors. And this week, we're going to talk about rectifying our wrongs. And I want to... I found this... I don't know... Can you read it? Oh, it's a, uh, yeah. So this pigeon wants to know what the other words for rectify might be. Uh, it's not a word we use a lot. Uh, but to correct, amend, re- remedy, to right along, to repair, to reform or fix... Mend, redress. That's a that might not be or amend. Paul is saying, "Listen, there's some things in life that aren't working. There's some places in your life that need to change." What he's saying is, if you're a Christian and you call yourself a believer in Christ, you need to change some things in your life, and that's really what Paul is saying in this this whole passage in a nice way, or not so nice way, in this part of the passage, he comes out and he's like, he lays it on the line. He said, listen, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you have to live your faith. You have to begin to walk differently than those who are around you. Remember, this was an early church. They were just figuring things out. They didn't have years and years and years and years of history. They're trying to sort out what it means to be a believer in Christ. They didn't have Google to hit the Google search. We have it. What's our excuse? Right? They didn't have all the the pieces that we have, all the things that we have. They didn't get a text, a daily text to help them remember how to treat other people or how to act as a believer in Christ. They got these letters maybe once, you know, uh, some, some of the letters, there may have been more. We don't know exactly what there are, but these are the ones that made the, uh, made the canon in the Bible. And so they would get these letters and, these, and this ideal that Paul set out for, his, for the people of God. Kind of like um, the dummy books, you know what I'm talking about? There was Christianity for dummies, but that seems kind of an oxymoron. We all have, you've seen these books, right, where we take something complicated and make it a bit easier. That's what Paul is doing in this passage. He's trying to lay forth a groundwork for God's people to, to work in and amongst. Trying to get a plan that helps people understand where they are as a believer in Christ and walk that path. Maybe because old habits die hard. Do they not? What we learn at an early age takes a long time to unlearn or relearn. Um, you know, there's, it's pretty apparent to me in my own life at this age that I'm still dealing with bad ideas. <laughs> and I'm still dealing with bad things I do. And things I don't, you know, Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I do... Where's Kelly, when I need him, he sings there's a song. He wrote a song for that. Um, But our old habits die hard. And Paul says we need to begin to do things differently if we're going to walk the faith. Because talk is cheap. Right? We can talk all we want about faith. But if we aren't going to act it out, if we aren't going to live our faith and do things differently than we did before we had a faith with Jesus Christ, then... Is it really a faith? Is it real? Or is it a nice get out of hell free card? Well today's passage, I'm not saying Paul wrote it backwards, but I just want to read it backwards, if that's all right with you. I want to to start at verse 31 and 32, and we're going to work our way back to the middle and then we're going to work our way to the... The first part of it. And the reason I, I, I did it, I was looking at some other scriptures, and it, and it really stuck out to me that this is the, the way that we work in our lives. We think about something, and then we say something, and then we act on that something. And the scripture backwards works better that way. It talks about what we think about, and then what we say, either to ourselves or others, and then how we act after we say those things. So we're going to start in, the, in verse 31 and 32 with our thoughts because we need to rectify our thoughts. This is the verse 31 32. It says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along, along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. It begins in our minds. It begins in our thought process. Think just for a second about this pandemic and the things we have heard. There have been, and we don't have to pick one, I don't want to pick one, right? But I promise you that you have been unsettled by something in the last 10 weeks that you have heard. Whether you watch the news, whether you talk to a friend, whether you got on Facebook, somewhere in this mess, you have been unsettled. And it began up here, in our mind. And you know what we do when we get it in our mind? This nice big word, we ruminate on it. Isn't that a nice word? It's a pretty word. Here's what it is. We sit on it and we just keep spinning it around in our mind. And I put the arrow down because I believe that rumination is a really bad thing uh, when we get hung up on something that's not healthy. And we sit on it and we begin to dissect it and, and turn it and twist it and move it. And we continue to think about all the things bad that could happen. Right? And I'll use the pandemic, the COVID, for, as, an, as an example. Right? At first we heard about it. But then we got a little more information. And I'm not picking whether that information is right or wrong. I'm just saying that we got more information. And the more information we got, the worse we felt. And then we got some more information. And then we felt worse. And then we got some more information. And then we felt like the world was going to end. And then we shut everything down. Not here, to there. But we have continued to add... These pieces into it. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean it's not dangerous. But we have added all these extra pieces into it. And then we try to decide for ourselves what to do. And I wonder if that wasn't where our first mistake was made. So we thought about it but we didn't take it to God. We thought about it from our own perspective. And then we said, okay, God, here's my perspective. How about you mold your way to my way? Mark was reading out of Isaiah 55 this morning, and, and just, I, I had no clue. I didn't have any clue. We no. But if you go down about four more verses from where Mark stopped this morning... There's a, the, the verse says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And it reminded me that I don't have it figured out. That sometimes my thoughts cause me the worst problem. That's why I wanted to focus on God's provision, and I like to focus on the blessings that God has put in front of us. Because so often we focus on the negative, on the way things aren't going the way we want, on the way things aren't doing how we think they should be, and we forget that God continues to work in our lives. Just like Dan said, we get frustrated with those chipmunks. I have a red squirrel, and he decides, you know, I wouldn't mind if he ate some seed, but he doesn't have to eat all the seeds he doesn't have to chew a hole in the thing. I should be thankful. I got a red squirrel. Sometimes I'm not. Uh, they might. I sick my dog on him once in a while. He don't catch him, but he just chases dog. him. Yeah. <laughs> my thoughts are not your thoughts, says God. Neither are my ways your ways. So how do we find out what God's thoughts are and what God's ways are? Matthew uh, 5.8 I think it's Matthew, yes. 5.6, I'm sorry. said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The formula hasn't changed. If you don't put any time, energy, and effort into understanding God's plan, I promise you, you won't find it. Jeremiah 29.11. We know that one, right? 29.13 says, If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Not you may, not you could, but you will. I encourage you to take your thoughts to God. Mark was talking about water this morning. And this is the verse I actually thought you were going to. Um, But Proverbs 4.23 talks about, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It is the fresh water of life. Our heart is where it begins. And those thoughts begin in that area and work their way out. So what do we do? The next part... Paul says is, watch your tongue. Because if you don't, you will grieve the Holy Spirit. Verses 29 and 30 say, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Did you notice it isn't for you? Your mouth, your words are not for you, but for others. Only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Whatever comes from our minds then enters our lips. One of the hardest things for me to accept is what comes out of this stupid mouth is what's in my heart. Must be me. Is it me, Jason? Okay. Sorry. Let me say that again. I don't want you to miss that. One of the hardest things for me to accept is that what comes out of my mouth is what is in my heart. Because I, like the rest of you, want to believe that I'm good. That somehow I got it figured out That my life is put together. That God has some way made me more special. Right? And I've been reading the Bible longer than some of you. And so somehow I'm better than the rest of you. Problem is, what comes out of my mouth is what's in my heart. And then I go to that scripture that says it's desperately wicked desperately wicked. That's who I really am without God. My mom's not here today so I can talk about her. Uh. Our mom's always said if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all, right? I can remember do, hearing that. One time I must have ran my mouth too much. I, I, don't have, I don't know the whole story but I ran my mouth too much and my mom took the soap. I was just a little kid and it's genius. I, I don't... And she took the soap and she's like, all right, you're going to run your mouth? And I was a mouthy kid. And she's like, all right. And she took it on my top of my teeth and she went, (laughs) and I got two teeth wide, a piece of soap. And just, if you want to try it, go ahead. It's pretty fun. (laughs) Here's the funny part. It doesn't come off. Like you can like, ooh, you get to dig it off. It's still in your mouth. It's still stuck to your teeth. It still tastes terrible. That's what Paul's saying. Listen, you know. Again, we said it last week, and we'll say it again this week. I think I think Paul knew that God's people needed to hear it twice. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. We teach uh, our kids. I I can't help but think about how we raise our kids. Right? Any uh, any parent works really hard to teach our kids to be honest and forthright to to share and not fight, right? And to apologize when we've made a mistake. Or when they've made a mistake, not when we make a mistake, when they make a mistake. And then we grow up and we're not as good at it. I don't know why, but we're not as good at it as we want our kids to be. I encourage you to watch what comes out of your mouth. And finally, if it comes out of your mouth, to do something about it. He says, you need to put off the old and put on the new. Put off the false and speak the truth. Why? Because we're all members of one body. We're all believers. If we're believers in Christ, we're one body, we're a family. And boy, do I need 26. In your anger, do not sin. I don't know about you, but I struggle with that. It says that you can have anger and not sin. I'd love for someone to show me how that works. There is an example in Scripture, right? Jesus got angry and didn't sin. But I ain't no Jesus. (laughs) And why? Because it gives the devil a foothold. And he who has stolen, steal no more. It's time to take action. It's time to take action in our own lives, in our own faith. One of my favorite, I got lots of favorites, just giving you a heads up. I was thinking about this this morning. I thought, I think I'll say, one of my favorite passages, well, I got a lot of favorite passages, but Matthew 25, um, I think it's 36 to like 40 something, is Jesus in Gethsemane. And to me, it's so powerful to read those words. In my Bible, it's in red. To read and understand what he's going through at that moment. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane bef- right before he's about to be arrested. He knows what's going to happen. And in my, in my sense, and I, his humanness comes out in that moment. His, his humanness is I know what's about to happen, Lord. God, I don't know if I I can do this, but if it's your will, I will. If you get a chance to read it, it's super powerful. He's standing there, or or laying on his knees, whatever, praying that God would give him the strength to do and live out the actions that were put in front of him. Some scholars say, I don't know how you would know this, um, but I wasn't there. Um, some scholars say that he, he bled, uh, or that he sweated blood. And I know there's a biological thing with uh, if, you're, if your body is out of, uh, is so, so much turmoil that that can happen. Um, I'm not sure how they would know that that would happen here, but the reality is this. Jesus had lived his life, he knew what was about to come down the pipe. He knew he was about to be arrested and that he would be beaten, go to a cross and die. He knew all of that was coming. And yet he took the action that he needed to take. For us who struggle in our walk of faith, getting those thoughts in our minds who then blow out our mouths and then we sometimes even act upon them. I want to encourage you this morning to start at the beginning. To take your struggles to God. To read your scriptures and try and be challenged to understand what God wants for your life because you'll never act upon them until you understand what they are. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Himself, then you don't have anything. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank You that You are a good and mighty and loving God. I thank You that You love us so, that You sent Your Son Jesus down to walk on this earth to live a perfect life to step foot on this earth and share His love with us. Lord, I pray that each one of us would live in a reflection of that. Reminded, Lord, that You are a good and mighty God who has changed us. We are not the same people we were before we found You. May we live like that. In Your name we pray. Amen.